if you can't trust a 100,000 year old alien that you found frozen in the ice that assimilates everything it touches, then who can you trust? Certainly not each other. But that's the thing, isn't it? Pun intended. This 1980s sci-fi horror classic has been the subject of many a film debate throughout the years. Is child a thing? Is McCready a thing? Are they both things? Are they both humans? It's impossible to know. But underneath the ambiguous ending and the truly groundbreaking special effects, there are deeper themes yet to be thought. So, whether you're Swedish or Norwegian or whatever, we're asking you to trust us as we ask the question, The Thing, what's it about? I'm your host, Ricardo Blade Diaz. And I'm Seth Crow. And this is the What's About Film Podcast, a show where two aspiring creatives aim to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding the mirror up to ourselves and seeing how it reflects in our own lives. And today, we are joined by a very special guest, good friend of the show, videographer, actor, and professional non-human, Nate Stevenson. Nate, hey. thank you so much for coming and joining us on the show today. Oh, I am so super stoked. I'm super thrilled. Oh man, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, and y'all two are two of my favorite podcasts of all time. Granted, Woo-hoo. I only listen to two podcasts, this one and one based <laughs> off of uh, the Teletubbies uh, lore, but this is definitely my, my favorite by far. Wait a minute, what is that podcast? I need to know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's on a really secret subreddit. Um, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm on a couple lists because I found it. But, I was going to say, um, you know what, I don't, I, I, I don't venture deep into subreddit because you don't... <laughs> You don't know what you'll find and be you don't know who will find you oh yeah oh yeah there's there's a lot of strange things out there yeah stranger things <laughs> exactly exactly seth has been assimilated oh man. <laughs> finally we all knew what was happening yeah, yeah seth we, always yeah. has his shirt off yeah <laughs> never uh, see what's on but, the bottom uh, so, Nate, can you just elaborate for the people at home? You were talking to us about it before we started recording, but uh, uh, professional non-human, what do you mean by that? Yeah, sure. Um, well, throughout my uh, robust career as an actor, a lot of my big roles have been uh, non-humans. Um, I've gotten to play uh, Audrey Two from the hit musical Little Shop of Horrors, Um on a on, on a Broadway stage with Broadway talent, um, which was really cool with uh, two of the people from the Broadway revival. Um, I got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for my role of Melky White in the uh, play uh, Into the Woods, mm-hmm. um, which which really fury infuriated some of my cast members, seeing as as I had one line and it was Moo. Um, I changed it and it was and it was Mur. I, I I made it Mur. I made it myself made it mine and and it killed every night played a couple zombies um a couple that talk um and i've done a lot of live performances um on stilts and never never as just like a performer i've either been a giant tree or yeah like a, a groot or i've been a scarecrow or i've been a giant robot um so yeah if it's not human i tend to really do really good at it and i i don't know maybe that's why i gravitate towards like this movie because it's so good and it's not a real human i'm like oh, mm-hmm. oh hello there how are you that's doing pretty, that's a pretty awesome like little like resume like you, honestly it, it sounds like you almost have could have like a doug jones type career where you're always playing <laughs> like the creatures and like the, i mean, like, I mean really 
Like Doug Jones Honestly, is a phenomenal. Doug actor. Jones was an alien, correct? If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm not sure if he was, but he's like been like Abe Sapien and Hellboy. He was in the he okay. was the shape of the oh. thing from the shape of water. He was okay. the uh, Pale Man from uh, Lab. Yes, from, I know exactly. Uh, Labyrinth. What you're talking yeah, uh, yeah, Andy Serkis, creature man. Like, yeah, actor. Andy Serkis plays a lot of non-humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Serkis is, is definitely one of them. Um, but Andy yeah, Serkis no, is that... like the 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 uh, motion capture non non-human actor, where like Doug Jones is like the prosthetics and and like special like effects creature make, uh, creature kind creature. of actor. non-human. Yeah. Non-human roles are sometimes the most fun because you have to think most creatively to you know embody them. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. To see like how they would view the world, what yeah. they see, how they see it, and what they're like, like what a non-human's motives are on this, if they're you know if they're on this planet, this alien planet to them, you know. And and I think non-verbal. So like, if you ever play a non-human and you don't have to talk, you know, like like suddenly like you're free in this weird way, like oh, yeah. you can just behave, which yeah. is kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. If I had to play a, a role or a, a role or a, a character that didn't talk, that's taken away my biggest strength. <laughs> you might find yourself freer, though, you know, because you might find yourself doing stuff you uh, really outside of your normal character like flow. Yeah, maybe and you can say a lot giant. with your eyes, Ricky. I actually can't um, because. <laughs> I I've actually had this problem before, and I've had an acting uh, uh, like instructor say this to me before. They're like, you you need to like open your eyes more, and I was like, I can't. Oh, like I my the anatomy on my face like does not allow my eyes to like actually like widen. Like yeah, I can't do it. it. I just you know, the structure my face is so like I can't like for film like I can't like widen my eyes and stuff like that. So it's like I have to like be very expressive with like my eyebrows and. And stuff like that, but like interesting. Sometimes that's too big for film. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can say I've never noticed it. Eyes, I can't. I think your eyes normally look great. I don't. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not taking away from anything your acting teacher said, but when it comes to me, I, I I think your eyes, your eye acting is 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 good. Ricky, we all have our struggles. Ricky, have you ever done any animal work? Animal work in like classes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So fun. I've done I've done some of that. I've never like I've never had a role on stage or in film that wasn't a speaking role. Just because I think one of the yeah. things that like um my like my reels and stuff like that is I'm definitely uh, a talker. You know what I mean? My characters <laughs> are, are like talkers. And you like, ever taken a movement class? Yeah. Yeah. I've done move I've done nonverbal performance before. I mean I do music too. I've played, you know. I play piano, yeah. I play guitar. So, like, I do nonverbal yeah. stuff. It's just if I played a, a full character that was fully nonverbal, I just haven't done that yet. No one's asked me to do that yet. So, you just right, need well, to go to central it. casting, bro. Central casting, yeah. you'll get it. Central casting, typing non speaking roles. You'll get so many. Like, I'm above extra work. I am above extra work. <laughs> I am above extra work. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I am too good for extra work. Well, come on, give me a little bit of respect. All right. We're all too well, to to anyone listening out there. This is Nate. I am not above extra work. Please feel free to hire me for any projects that you uh, have, human or non-human. It depends, <laughs> craft, it depends on the craft services. Like what? That's you know. that's you know that's true. That's true. If if they ain't got M and M's, I'm dipping out. 
If they ain't got M and M, that's the old saying, right? M and M, out and out. I, I think I never, I never heard that. You just did. If you had done extra work, you would have heard it, Ricky. That's yeah. true. <laughs> you know what? Only on the you set. Know, it's a little <laughs> out. Eminem out now. No Eminem's oh, out yeah, now. It's yeah, like the yeah. That's old saying. I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> yeah, a little bit called out. So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to deflect <laughs> by going back to the structure of the show. Hell yeah! Small <laughs> talk section over. Thanks a lot, guys, for ruining it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Nate, uh, you are the one that brought the thing to us today. Yeah. Uh, 1982's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so why did you pick this film? What is your history with the film? Um, With, sure. Without getting uh, into more. exactly how you feel about the film and how, or at least what you think the film is about. Like, sure. What yeah, is yeah. your um, general history with it? Um, I stumbled onto this movie a little late in life, uh, or like five or six years ago, um, looking for 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 things that shock, things that would kind of drag me out of my comfort zone. I, I've watched horror movies since I was a tiny wee lad. The first movie I ever owned that was actually mine was Resident Evil, rated R. My aunt bought it for me, didn't know what it was. Um, she knew I liked the video games. So ever since I was a child, I've been drawn to horror movies and um, specifically gore movies. But there's like a, a lot of horror movies I find are comedies. Like the, the characters have to be really dumb in order for it to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing some research, I stumbled upon this one. And from the moment that it starts, it, it draws you in. There's something that's so off about it that, for me at least, I couldn't help but be invested from the moment that that opening scene uh, uh, happens. And it's it's a film that's that's yes, it's a horror film. Yes, it's got the gore, but it's it's got so much to do with paranoia and with um, the idea of hope, with the idea of trust, <laughs> with the idea of not really knowing if you are yourself. And all those different themes, I think, with the unsettling nature of this creature, the thing, it adds, it, it, it all adds together to make this really fascinating piece of art that I haven't been able to find anywhere else. Nothing like it ever since. And I don't think nothing like it ever came before either. Like even the original movie was nothing like it. So that's kind of why I wanted to bring it because it's one of those movies that I feel like there's just so many different elements to it. And even the way that it was filmed, there, there's so much that can be garnered as, as a viewer, as an actor, as a director, uh, as, you know, even as a composer, like the, the simple, the simple two tones that they use it, uh, it, it, it's all used to add to the story. And the way that I see it, it's, it's a movie that has very little fluff and every moment is is purposeful and that's kind of why i wanted to bring it because i feel like that kind of a discussion is what i love oh yeah well said man word well thanks, said man. thanks awesome yeah, yeah I, this is one of my favorite movies of all time i, I it, it especially is like up there with like one of my favorite horror films for sure um it is i also came to it late not as late as you i i saw it when i was in college oh. um but uh but yeah like it, it immediately struck me as is unsettling as mm-hmm. well like like you said very so purposeful and methodical and thought provoking in so many ways um and yeah it just has always stuck with me ever since i saw it and i do go back to it and and what's crazy is like when 
people like when people talk about this movie, it's like very much like highlighted in a lot of like top tier right. lists of like movies yeah. and stuff like that. They yeah, always go reason. to like yeah, like some of the more bombastic moments of the film, like that you know mm-hmm. the like the the uh, autopsy and stuff right, like the that. Scene or mm-hmm. yeah, the chest, or the petri yeah, the chest. dish, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, man, this film is so good with like even this making the small moments unsettling. Yeah, like yeah, the, like there's something off. And even it's just like a dog sitting under a table, and there's something, mm-hmm. there's was, just something uh, off. And you just like you like, if you go into this movie completely blind, not knowing anything that's going on, it's really fun because you're like, what is going on? Like, why yeah. is it he focusing on this dog? This dog's acting very strange. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then coming into it knowing a little bit about like what the story is about, it it sets you up to like, just feel unsettled right away because you mm-hmm. you know in your head what's going on. And yeah. they don't, so it creates an anxiety for you of like they don't know what's going on, but you do. And so this, it works on uh, any way you come into this movie. This film can work, which is I think amazing. Yeah. Uh, Seth, what's your history with the thing? This is the first time I've seen it, so yes. yes. yeah, yes. I'd never seen it, and so I had very, I had very little expectation. Perfect. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, this is not the kind of movie I go to. Like if I'm like I would never have chosen to watch this movie myself, mm. um, just because like I'm not a huge like horror for me has to be. I have a it's a very specific type of horror that I like, and sure. uh, so I'm not I'm not usually a gore guy or a slasher mm-hmm. guy, mm-hmm. but uh, I will say that I I get it. Like I get this movie, um, I though it's not like my style necessarily of film that I normally like. Uh, I buy every minute of it. Like there's there's no there's nothing that doesn't feel honest about this yeah. film, which is really cool for me because it's like like I said, not my style of film, but it's like okay. I totally, I, I get why this movie is uh, such a classic, like a cult classic, because it's it's very, yeah, I mean, unsettling is a good word, but it feels real. Like, everything about it feels like it could happen. Yeah. And, and not only that, Nate, you touched on something, like, that I think a lot is a big criticism of a lot of horror films is characters seem to have to be really stupid like they have to make dumb dumb mistakes in order for like the the plot to work or for like the circumstances to come about they have to do really dumb things i mean uh in blake steiner's book save the cat um he talks about like horror films and and monster films in general and he talks a little bit about how there's a lot of them there's this idea of like the sin right like Mm -hmm. the characters have to commit some type of of crime uh, cosmic or whatever to deserve what they're getting right mm. mm-hmm. and so like there's that idea of like this stupidity and alien it's like their greed is what right. is their sin and that's what mm-hmm. like brings this retribution mm. on them right that's interesting uh-huh. uh um and so i think for a lot of horror movies is that stupidity of like or arrogance you know is what like drives the plot and in this movie these characters are all like scientists and professional but and yeah. professionals and experts they're all very smart they're all and they're all playing this whatever game they're playing they're all playing it very smart yeah like yeah. everybody's playing their 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 cards or whatever or you know protecting themselves very effectively for the most part you know um yeah. and i think it's it's pretty impressive that none of these characters make 
any dumb mistakes. Anytime, anytime something happens to them, it's not their fault. You yeah, know, no, they're reacting with the information that they have in right. that moment, and it feels believable. Very capable this, group of people in this movie. This movie, to me, kind of feels like the inverse of The Shining. Like, mm. okay, it's The Shining, but from the perspective of of Jack. Oh, like, first person <laughs> perspective of Jack, like. Uh, interesting, interesting. How the paranoia builds and slowly yeah, starts like to break you're on, down. You're, you're on the ride with Jack, but you can't. Mm-hmm. You, you see it from his like he's the good guy, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to the bad guy, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I got, I got some like I wish I knew what the name. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is a name for this, but it's like it's is it ennui the word I'm. Oh. I, I might you speak be uh, French in here. Are you talking about like standing on a Nintendo console? I don't know. On a Wii? No, I, I forget what it means. It, it might be the word on Wii, but it's like, it is the tone of this movie hmm. that I think this movie is like, the sh- like uh, reminds me of The Shining a lot in its tone. And I think the word I'm trying to use is on Wii, but I'm not sure. A feeling of weariness and dissatisfaction, yeah. boredom on wait, Wii? Yeah, wait, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah, wait, say it again. <laughs> uh, a feeling of dissatisfaction and boredom. Uh, weariness there is a yeah a weariness I, it, it's close it's close to what i'm talking about it's just like a strange uneasiness that the, yeah. that the movie evokes it's the same in the shining and it's the same it's just suspiria it's like movies from that Ooh, time oh. really like encapsulate encapsulated that uneasiness yeah so well um, Suspiria, uh, a Seth Crow favorite from the podcast, from recent podcast episodes. I, I think I, I saw that episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if I can touch on that for just a moment, um, I think one of the most beautiful aspects of this film is that um, I think it does – I think it's one of its main narratives is that – it's it's a narrative of false hope where you always think that there's like there's there's something that you can do something that you can 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 aspire to or somehow accomplish or win but everything literally everything in the movie is pitted against you and i'm saying that specifically for one reason i've seen this movie 20 plus times no lie um i've done a lot of research on it because i just love it the the initial first uh time we see our our protagonist um kurt russell mccready um, he's playing this chess wizard and he gets frustrated. Um, fun fact. So in editing, they made a bit of a mistake when, when they did the, the whole computer screen. Um, so the chess move that the computer makes is impossible. So in order for McCready to actually lose, I'm sorry, um, it is literally impossible for McCready to have lost with so the what move he says, that the computer made. So what he says, che- cheating bitch. Yeah. He's not wrong. He's They're not cheated. wrong. He's actually, actually, even from the start of the movie, it shows you that you can play this game all you want. You're not going to win. The only way it's to actually rigged. win is to kind of take it out, which, 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 which I think is kind of, which I think is a beautiful way to start off the movie with, hey, you're going to lose. This is what it is. You know, you can try to win, but at the end of the day, it's Why already don't... against you. So we're, I think we're like. He's dipping his up, toe. Yeah, he's dipping his toe the, in. We're walking up to the precipice of, I think, of what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, so I say we get the shtick out of the way. Uh, yeah, so that way yeah, sorry, we can, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yes, yeah, so let's I talk a little bit about the film's history. Movie. I mean, Nate Nate loves this movie, so I'm sure he knows a lot of this already. Uh, and please correct sure. me if any of my research is, is off base. Uh, well, but you know. for the folks at home who are interested in a little bit of film history, this is how this film came to be. Uh, so <clears throat> the 1982 thing was directed by John Carpenter, very famous director known for directing Camp Boyer, Dark Star, Assault on Precinct 13, Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, They Live, Memoirs of the Invisible Man, In the Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned, Escape from L.A., Vampires, Ghosts of Mars, and The Ward. This film was written by Bill Lancaster, screenwriter of <coughs> The Bad News Bears, the original Bad News Bears, and The Bad News Bears Go to Japan. Unfortunately, Bill Lancaster passed away at the age of 49 due to a heart attack. And this entire film is based on the novella Who Goes There by John W. Campbell, who had written eight other novels, including several collections of short stories and dozens of other short stories and other publications. Um, but this is the whole history of The Thing. The history of The Thing is as long and changing as its titular monster. The film is based on the horror novella Who Goes There by John W. Campbell, which was first published in 12 parts in the science fiction magazine Astounding Science Fiction in 1938. About 12 years later, the story would get its first big screen adaptation when Hollywood icon Howard Hawks was convinced to purchase the film rights for about $1,200. The story would end up being adapted by established screenwriter Charles Lederer in 1951. Uh, to create the film The Thing from Another World. And while this adaptation changed many aspects of the story from the original novella, it did decently well at the box office, making nearly $2 million in 1951, which was pretty good. That's, yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Over time, the film would be considered one of the best science fiction films, if not the best film of that era, and go on to inspire a whole new generation of science fiction horror creators, including a young John Carpenter. Fast forward 20 years, and a group of producers are once again primed to create a new adaptation of the story, one that would stay a bit more faithful to the original novella. So, Universal eventually purchased the rights from the film and approached Carpenter to write and direct the film. This being Carpenter's career-defining, this being before Carpenter's career-defining hit Halloween, made him nervous about adapting Howard Hawks' classic, but regained excitement after reading the novella and learning the film would stick closer to that but carpenter refused to write the film after struggling with the screenplays of escape from new york and the philadelphia experiment the development process of the film was kind of a revolving door especially when it came to writers after writer after writer would come in to pitch an idea for the movie only to be rejected carpenter even almost left the project at one point uh, because he had the opportunity to potentially make a passion project of his own el diablo but that didn't end up happening, so Carpenter did stay on the thing, and an acceptable draft was accepted uh, and turned in by screenwriter Bill Lancaster. The special effects for this film would eventually balloon to over $1 million, the most Universal had ever given to such a film at the time. But most would say, well worth it. With a budget of $15 million, the thing hit theaters in the summer of 1982 and did not do so well. The film only grossed about $19 million on that $15 million budget, making it not a bomb, but definitely not a, a success, and received mostly negative reviews upon release. And that's where the story might end. But 
the thing would go into the ice and only thaw out a few years later to have a second life, one even more thriving than the first, eventually developing into a cult classic. Nowadays, many consider the thing to be one of the best science fiction horror films, if not one of the best films of all time. It would go on to inspire comic books, fan novels, video games, feature film prequels, potential sequels, television series, and remakes. It's changed and morphed so many times along the way. Who knows what it will be next? Or has it already changed and we just don't know it yet? That's <laughs> the story of The Thing. All right, guys. So, yeah, kind of a weird little history this film has. I mean, it's based on a novel from the 30s, which is... I'm, yeah. I'm amazed at how much influence this movie has had on other modern horror films. Oh, that's why, yeah, yeah, it's... Like, yeah. I was watching this and I was like, oh, this is like straight out of... Like, the Stranger Things is straight out oh. of... <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Straight oh, out yeah. Of, oh, yeah, the whole body horror and well, I would say Stephen, Stephen King. Stephen King is like, prob, you know, a lot of his later works might have a lot of inspiration from a lot of this stuff. You know what even, I mean? uh, even 100 Days of Night, the vampire movie. Mm-hmm. Very much reminds me of this. Um, I am Legend as well. They used, uh, I believe, the same the same uh, effects house that they used uh, mm. to create some of the market. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Again, I, after after the the remake, so but yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of. I'm impressed with where, like, what I I think. So I, for another like point against this movie for me, like. If I, you know, we're just like skimming over trying to choose a movie, why I wouldn't pick it is Aliens. I'm not an alien guy. Uh, it's not my. It's okay. not my. Well, what about aliens? What about aliens? <laughs> I've never seen any of the Aliens movies. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So that might be a, yeah, that's a hot take. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a hot take right there. But I will say, this movie, in terms of like just alien. It's like orifices came out of everywhere. Oh yeah, you know, like there's a like and like that. It's just so strange for suddenly something to become an orifice. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the whole blood moment with the like, like I thought the alien stuff was very alien. Like it felt real, yeah. like real alien, which was very cool. cool. Not That's... classic. Not classic. Gray green. Yeah. Hey, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the one of the best things is is just that is that you never really know what its final form is. It's got like this kind of uh, or what its original um, form is. Or yeah, what its original. Actually, I do have a theory on that. It's really dumb, ridiculous theory that I could tell you later. But um, but the fact that it's got like like this um, elder gods kind of Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, it's very Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian, yeah, in its. In in every appearance, it's like, can it get any fucking weirder? What, yeah. <laughs> like this, like this eyeball just grew a mouth, and this mouth just opened up and had a skull in it, and the skull fell out, and now it's a giant tongue. Like, I I yeah. Um, I think one of the points to that is that I I do love me a good alien film. I do love me a good sci-fi film, and I don't know if there are a lot of good ones out there. Um, I will say this: I've seen Aliens, and it's not my favorite. Um, because mm-hmm. it kind of is just your stereotypical dark passageway kind of jump scary really good thriller like i can see like the you know the 
how they elevated film with that regard. But to me, I think the things alien is the most alien I've ever seen. It's the most unable to recognize the most foreign. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that's kind of scary about it is that it's, it, it's fucking smart. Like it can, it can plan. It can think it like it, it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't always reveal itself at the most inopportune times, just when it's like, of the utmost importance to survive. I, so I think what it really has working for it. And like, though it's like, like I said, I totally buy the alien stuff. It's also very clear that it's not about an alien. Like, like it's about the people. Yeah. It's like very heavy handed that, okay. I don't really care about the alien stuff. There's clearly, something trying to be said in this movie that's philosophical which you know is cool mm. um so maybe ricky you should ask the question well well yes oh. yes we are gonna move we're gonna move on but <laughs> it is time for our my little summary oh. challenge yes it's Ricky's summary challenge Da-da-da-da. yeah right thanks for the theme song. how will he do today <laughs> So yeah, I I wrote the summary for this movie as like the uh, uh, the logline. I wrote the little. Nate, log you're line. gonna give your best score from one yeah. to ten on Ricky's summary. Oh yes, you guys hell are gonna score yeah! Me. You guys gonna score me? I've been doing good so far. I've, I've scored above seven, seven or above on the first two. This is number three. So okay, here we go. Right, let's this let's is see. what it is. This is what the film is. Here's the logline, mm-hmm. at least as according to me. <laughs> let's do it. Secluded in Antarctica in the dead of winter, an American research team comes into contact with a mysterious alien creature who can assimilate any organism it touches. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. I think I think that's a pretty solid. I'm gonna get that. Uh, let's see. The only thing is that it's not in the middle of winter. It's actually coming out. They're just hit by a snowstorm. Ah. So with that, it's an eight. Solid okay. eight. Because okay. it's it's in a snowstorm, people, you know, oh, it's it's in the middle of winter. They talk about it. Like, they talk about spring coming. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, so it's not the yes, middle no. of winter. It's like it's, the back end of winter. No, yeah. Um, there's a, 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 I've seen it on the Blu-ray. There are some extended scenes, um, where they talk about how if like how long can they hold out because the storm mm-hmm. shouldn't last that long and spring is just around the corner. So it's just coming out, just Got coming it. out. Got it. Ah, but damn. I'm no a giant knock nerd. me down, knock me down a point. Say eight seven. out of ten. I would say give me a seven. <laughs> I'm giving you a six. Oh you know man! If, if, if we balance those out, it's a nice seven. You know, so I'm giving so, you a six. Why because, six? Because I think I think you're spoiling things by saying it's an assimilating alien. Well, here's the thing. So I I thought about that. No, I thought about it that. is the thing. It's. <laughs> I thought about that, and so I went and I looked at other summaries and on other sites. They all spoil that, and even the original trailer spoils that. So, like, well, I think that's wrong. I don't think they should. I think, I think that's fair. I think, I think the verbiage should be a little bit more ambiguous, because like part of the, I mean, they do give away immediately that it's aliens, but they don't give away that it's an assimilating alien. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't give away like the power of the creature. Do in they? The, 
I'm pretty sure in the trailers, don't they have something like, they, like, like the trailers? They do. They they they, they 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 literally say it. But in not the in the movie. But, but not, not in the movie. movie. Like that's in, in not, the immediate. Yeah. That's fair. Again, like I said, no. I I I did my I think... research on other log lines, and they all kind of give that away. <laughs> but to that's fair. That's a fair point. I had the same thought. I where I would give myself a knock is I don't think I captured the emotional essence of it that well. It's it's pretty sterile. The ennui of it all. I mean, it's it's. I'm totally using that. But (laughs) but I'll take the six and the seven, the six and the eight to give myself an average of the seven. There you go. See, see, I still still kept my streak above seven. I was I was looking at (laughs) it as like someone who would like read it and be like, "Is this sounds this sounds interesting?" So yeah, so so I I heard that and I thought I'd watch that. Yeah, thanks guys, appreciate it. All right. It's time for us to get into kind of what we've already been doing a little bit, but yeah. to officially get into the section of what's it about. So it's time to ask that titular question. I will ask our guest, Seth. Do it. Oh, so, 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 Nate, The Thing, what's it about? Oh, it's about a multitude of things. It's about, um, it's about what happens when you are faced with, an unwinnable, uh, with unwinnable circumstances. It's about uh, paranoia and being isolated. It's about what happens when those friendships that you thought were friends or, or when those friendships that you had developed begin to break down because of an incident. How does trust then affect? Um, it's, it's, it's one of the most uh, terrifying alien films I think has ever been put on screen in terms of like the straight uh, amount of work that went into some of the animatronics. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a story about, uh, about having to make the sacrifice despite a happy ending. Um, I think that's kind of a titular point in the movie. (laughs) I I think in a lot of points, there's, there's this idea of, well, if we can't win, then we should probably kill ourselves, you know? trigger warning but like honestly like there's a couple people a couple times in there where like that's kind of a smart option and 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 it's it's a fun moral quandary as well so you know there there there's a thing in in nature called it on the cellular level mm-hmm. called apoptosis um apoptosis is the process of a cell lysing itself so destroying itself hmm. to protect the other cells around it um, Interesting. It's, it's so there is a there is precedence in nature of this idea of uh, what's the word I'm looking for altruism, mm. in a way self sacrifice self sacrifice the the sacrificing your, your own <laughs> well sacrificing that's true it is for other people I guess but and you know I guess for yourself in a way but um sacrificing your longevity your life. Mm-hmm. It, as a manner of protecting others, um, so it's not an unprecedented thing in, in even in nature. This idea of, like you said, like forgoing your own happiness, your own life, in protection of of in, in what's right, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that's there. But you, you, you seem like you disagree. You seem like you adamantly disagree. <laughs> I think that's a. I mean, you're you're a very positive person, Ricky, and like the fact that you can. The fact that you can view it view it as like protecting uh, like the whole protecting others thing. 
Well, okay. Here's the thing. If you're going to pull like a psycholo- psychological look at that, there's a whole list of other things that go on in, in, within that about like how you self, how you value yourself and like a lot of more psychological things that go into, yeah. again, like, like Nate said, a little bit triggering the idea of killing yourself. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think by suicide. However, like I said, yeah, in suicide. nature, there is a precedence of this idea that's, that cells do do this. Like there are some cells that do this. I think that this movie is though good, like, a good movie it is toxic as fuck i think interesting very in what in what yeah, way yeah, no, yeah in what ways um so is it because there's a whole like just all male casting crew well the, i mean the, the that's i mean i don't think it has just because it's male doesn't make it toxic but it's very Toxic it is toxic masculinity. masculinity. It's yeah. Toxic, oh, it is. Oh, actually, yeah. that was something I wrote down too. There is a lot of like bravado and posturing that goes yeah. on in this movie. Oh, yeah. These guys, well, these guys like, trying to be more like trying yeah, to exert the their masculinity over each way. other. Yeah. I mean, Kurt Russell in this movie is just like walking around with his big dick in his hand the whole time. <laughs> like he's just like he's like, like yeah. he he's, is he's like the courteousest Russell in this movie for sure. Yeah. The courteous like, Russell. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean I mean I feel there's so I feel I have so a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings about this. But well, it's like, why don't it's like share. What? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 I don't know where we're at. Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt okay. you, Nate. I don't want to like. Oh no, I was I was going. I mean, like, um, just to bring it back to back around. Then um, the reason why I was speaking of self self sacrifice and that nature. Um, I don't know. Do we want to talk about the ending already? Um, or do or, we? Yeah, that's a lot to unpack or like too. or like there's because because there's a couple instances where I think it's it's fascinating. Like there's one instance where um uh, what's his name um. Childs or McCready? No, 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 not, not Childs. Um, Blair, Blair, Blair. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Where, where Blair uh, is kind of going nuts and he's kind of sabotaging everything. Um, there's there's a lot of debate as to whether or not he's been assimilated at that point. Um, what, uh, spoilers. Palmer. <laughs> Who knew? Palmer. Palmer. Palmer was fun, but the idea of like, is he destroying all the the communication and and the and the the helicopter? because he wants to kill everyone or is he doing it because he's solely being assimilated and he doesn't want anyone escaping actually he thinks it's better for everyone to freeze you know as opposed to it reaching the world which is which just on a side note the little computer he program he runs the fucking exposition god says that like Oh yeah, yeah. Little, yeah it tells see, you everything. Like, style. like the human population yeah. will be assimilated in twenty-seven thousand hours, which I've done the math. It's three years. He's like, oh shit, three years. Uh, I'm a fuck. I love this movie so much. I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> um, so like, so I think that's that's one of the, the 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 things that I point to when when I'm when I'm speaking of that kind of a self-sacrificial nature. Um, but it's also mm-hmm. a fun little thing with the movie in itself is we don't fully know if he's actually gone crazy or if he's trying to kill them or if he's trying to save them mm-hmm. you know i think i think the i think it plays i think the film plays well, with that idea pretty well as, as to whether or not we can we can even trust our own instincts it really does you're right like so like what what's what makes this film really cool in my opinion and one of the things i like about this film so much is depending on when you think different people are are yeah. 
infected mm-hmm. in a way changes their what their actions look like mm-hmm. right yeah so like there are certain points in the movie where you learn specifically that someone is not assimilated like during that blood scene so we know who is and who isn't at yeah. that point yeah the test except for blair because blair's been separated from the group so we don't know mm-hmm. but of of those people of uh you know who we learn uh palmer oh, and yeah. and uh, uh, well after that windows gets gets like covered in palmer yeah palmer slime windows. so so of the original group <laughs> the assimilated that we know of are norris and palmer yeah yeah of that group that's, yeah. and that's the only ones we know of for sure mm-hmm. for certain and then we learn later not mccready not childs not nulls not gary not yeah. uh not windows so blair's yeah, the only one that. up in the air it's palmer and norris had they mm-hmm. had they you know you know you don't really know exactly but so what i'm saying is i wanted to get back to this movie's yeah. just really smart by people's actions change based on when you think they might have been assimilated yeah, yeah. if um, they were I think that's um, part but of I wanted I... to ask you. Yes, yeah, I'm Nate, sorry. Continue, continue. You said that yeah. you thought this was one of the scariest alien films that you had ever seen. Yes. And I wanted to ask you why you think that. Why is it scariest to you? Sure. Um, I think it's scariest because it flips everything on its head from the moment it starts. Um, we see a dog getting shot at via helicopter. Yeah, so unsettling. It's so exactly. So your mind is like it immediately what (laughs) and and then um you know shout out to the dog jed um greatest dog actor of of really good that dog is Um, actually legitimately like a really good actor (laughs) um um just the the eeriness that he carries with him you can kind of see like this like like uh ricky said earlier like there's something really off about this dog like he's he's here and he's like looking around but he's very still he's very stoic and um just fast forwarding when he gets put into the dog kennel and the way that he walks in and he stops and he walks in again and he just fucking sits down like a creepy ass motherfucker. And then all the dogs start going crazy. I think the fact that we are programmed to think dogs, if they die in movies, is sad. Dogs, good. Dogs are friends. So the fact that it has the first alien assimilation not be human. I mean, yes, it was human, but like we didn't see it. But the first one on camera be this dog that gets his face split open his skull falls out and then a giant tongue takes over to Man, have that movie, happen with all the other dogs, dogs in succession barking you have that audible terrifying um um just a noise that we as humans are accustomed to not liking you know like a baby crying we're not supposed to enjoy it that with the dark uh with the beautiful lighting the beautiful lighting um and and the uh and the 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 edible taffy that they that they constructed to look like a, like a fence, which is yes, edible taffy. It's for everyone. And so the, so the dog could, te- could tear it. Yes, yeah, the dog was yeah. eating a treat. Yeah, um, that whole scene encompassing for that to be the initial reveal of the alien for the movie to say, "Hey, we just killed a dog. We're about to kill all these other dogs. You ready?" Yeah, no kidding. I think that to me really threw me into a. This is not a standard alien film. This is not a normal alien. This alien is not. Um, a lot of things that I don't like about alien and just monster films in general is a lot of aliens and monsters have fingers and eyes and a head and a fucking legs. 
this thing did not look like anything that belonged on this planet at all. It had eyeballs coming out of nowhere. It had a mouth that opened up with a plant that came out. It was making weird gurgling sounds. It would scream like a like a human being fecked by a pig. Um, it it was just the first scene, the first time you saw the alien, really really unsettled me. And I mean, like, kudos to, of course, the the uh, practical effects. I think that's again one of the prime reasons is that it it, it just it it keeps escalating. You don't know when when it stops. You don't know when it can stop. You don't know if it can stop. You know, it it just mm-hmm. keeps growing, keeps changing. So, um, that so long it sounds, answer- yeah, <laughs> it sounds to me like you like you're hitting on this this thing of like of two kind of two bases of like where you're like kind of like really unsettled by this by this film. The mm-hmm. first is like the just pure alienness and yeah. of the thing itself, mm-hmm. of like how bizarre and not human it is, yeah. like. Or- yeah, or how you know, foreign not, 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 not and yeah how yeah. foreign and how how it operates completely different from from humans yeah it just it has a completely different mode of thought mm. um and and like you said the dog the way the dog performer which i think again i agree is really good you feel like that dog is processing information like he the way he's like looking at stuff and the mm-hmm. way he like walks and moves it's like the dog is thinking we know yeah. it's not but yeah, like yeah, just yeah, the yeah. way that it that it it it's shot and the way that that they got that dog performer to behave, you feel like that dog is thinking, and processing yeah. and planning and plotting. Yeah, and it it's so unsettling. And then I think the second thing that I'm hearing from your answer is this idea of like that this thing is heartless, it is yeah. completely it is completely cold to any type of quote unquote humanity. Mm-hmm. It it will go after anything and everything ruthlessly and violently yeah yeah you know? and it'll do anything it's got to it'll, it'll manipulate you it'll be your friend it'll do whatever it needs to do it's gonna know? survive it's yeah. it's gonna survive yeah uh and it's i think that like ruthless cold approach to life is very scary I think it adds to like like you said the paranoia and for for me, I mean, this film hits on a couple of things. I mean, obviously, I think you can really draw some parallels to like our current pandemic culture, like when the early pandemic hit, mm. <laughs> like this. Idea oh yeah, it was of, the original like, Among this, Us too. Yeah, the yeah. the fear of yeah the Among exactly Among Us is like based on this whole idea, right? Um, that uh, which I love that game by the way because that game is is this yeah is this who, can you figure makes it sense. Yeah. yeah yeah it's this yeah, now when you see it again you're gonna yeah yeah and so this fear of not knowing what this thing is that's infecting people that's killing people not knowing who has it and who doesn't who to avoid the paranoia yeah. the 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 fear of not knowing mm-hmm. I think. I think people can relate to with this film and with what these people are going through. And yeah. you know, McCready even has that moment of like, I know I'm human, but I have no idea what the rest yeah. of you are. And then, and then later he even talks about how do we even know if we're, I'm already infected. Like nor yeah. it was, here's the thing about Norris. I think they did something really cool with Norris's character where I don't think it happens instantaneously or at least not yeah, for everybody. Yeah. yeah. No, because for, for yeah. Norris, 
for Norris, he like seemed like he was fine, and then all of a sudden, like he was getting like these like stomach cramps and things like that. I don't know if that was just like a ploy that uh, a tactic that this thing was using, or if literally that was like this thing starting to starting to take him over. Yeah, slowly, like and his body was like trying to fight it, maybe. Yeah, and but obviously failed. I don't know. It's it, it was a weird tactic for that thing to use to have him like have a heart attack, basically. Right, right. And then Which, and then like, it's weird. It's it was it was a strange tactic yeah. to use. So who knows if that was on purpose or if that was literally Norris's body like rejecting it in a way. Yeah. I. It could be anyone. It could. Be anyone. <laughs> no, yeah. I think I think that's the beauty of the film was that it can literally be anything. Um, Carpenter did a lot of purposeful misdirects in order for like like honestly the the movie is meant to not be able it, it's it's meant to be unsolvable there's like like and i've come to terms with this i've come to <laughs> i've accepted it um but yeah that's that's what it is is that whatever you think it is it could possibly be mm-hmm. um yeah yeah um for for, for me this false hope what yeah for, for for me to go to like the really the meat of this movie for me the the thing that I come away with the most is is a really more bleak understanding, uh, or at least a bleak interpretation, and something that I probably struggle with personally a lot is like the fragility of trust. Mm. Like these guys trust each other; they work together; they like each other; they're friends; they trust each other up until a very small seed of doubt is planted. And Somebody then, here voted Republican in the last election, <laughs> right? A, a small seed of doubt, and yep. the their faith <laughs> in each and trust in each other breaks, and it's hard to watch because, like, you don't. It's easy to say, "Well, well we should just trust each other. We should just trust each other." Right, like if they, you know, but here's the thing: they would have just blindly trusted each other. They all would have been assimilated right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like the re- like, like some of those people did not trust that dog, and so they said, "Put that dog away." Like, it had that you dog just been you, out and about. Who you knows? Do what you have to do to survive. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that's great. We move yeah. to Antarctica. We will give you a flamethrower. Do you understand? Well, I think that's a tool <laughs> for excavation. They use they, they use it for uh for for you know um yes, like what do you know I about Antarctic like, research? I feel yeah. like I feel like that was the ad like to get them. No, was like, I you know I researched it. We'll give you a <laughs> They do have flamethrowers on Antarctic bases <laughs> to melt a shit ton of pipe in a short amount of time. I'm sure they do, but I'm sure those guys love wielding them. I mean, oh absolutely, oh yes, it's so you know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, (laughs) flamethrowers aside, I, I vibe so hard with this, like, paranoia and this trust angle. And, like, I have trust issues for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely, it's really hard for me to form really deep, meaningful connections with people because i don't necessarily buy the relationship i i think people blow smoke up in people's asses like 98 percent of the time <laughs> like goofily uh-huh. i very rarely believe what anybody says to me about me especially if it's praise um and that's that's a problem uh but like 
I don't know. I just don't. I don't believe what people say unless I really, really, really know them. And then I feel like I can believe what they tell me. It's hard. Yeah. So I had a visceral reaction to that one. <laughs> I just, I was trying to pretend to hold a stick of dynamite with a flare up. <laughs> but I realized <gasps> it didn't really work. Yeah, if people come near me, I will blow the shit out of them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare get yeah. near my emotional space. Yeah. What do you so Seth? What about you? Where where do you land on this film? What what yeah. themes are I, you? I'm trying. I mean, oh yeah, the I've been sitting here of it. listening. You know, trying to like really formulate my thoughts. I, I I I agree with everything you guys are saying. Uh, I think <laughs> so. I'll say what I think about this movie is about philosophically, and then I'll say what I think it's about right now. Okay, do it. Um, so philosophically, this movie is about fear. It's just inevitably it's, it is what man has been fighting since the dawn of time. You know, it's fear. It can be all consuming cause you don't know anything really, you know? Mm-hmm. So if you let it win, uh, then it can, it will take you over. Um, and, and not only that, yeah. like to go, to go back to our Babadook conversation with Rhea a couple of weeks ago, the what happens when you let when you let that fear out right mm. when you let that that thing that shadow self that different <laughs> version of you yeah. what happens when it gets out and yeah the, yes and what should you do should you prevent it and what should you do to prevent it and like i think that's where i, I think this movie gets really toxic like i'm saying like, kill it okay yeah <laughs> let's go into like, it it's like, it's like, well, it looks like, you know, we're all going to die. So let's kill everybody. You yeah. Know? <laughs> the only solution is let's kill everybody. And it, which is like a school shooter. Sin- like it's, it's a very nihilistic approach. Absolutely. Like, it's very much like, well, everything's fucked up. So I should just take everybody down with me. Let's burn the house down. Let's burn the house to the ground. It's the only way we'll, you know, be able to save everybody. And like, and like, I think I'm annoyed. I think I'm annoyed with the writing in that element, in that aspect. It's like okay. a perfectly crafted story that the, the only solution is self-destruction, you know? And can I, can I, uh, can I actually ask you about that? Um, yeah. Do you think there was an alternative solution? I was actually just going to bring up the same thing. I mean, potentially, I mean, it's, it's fantasy, yeah. right? So there's always another, like. We could come up with another solution. So, Seth, you're saying that I think you're saying that the writer of this film, the the screenwriter, crafted the story, as you said, in a in a way that made it so. Own, there's only yes. one outcome. There's yes. only one option. Oh, outcome. Yes. There is only one option. Yeah. That yes. had. Ha, I mean, it's our imagination. We can imagine anything, right? We he could have he yeah. could have. I mean, this is an adaptation of another story, but you know, you can take liberties. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, he could have imagined another scenario to add a different yeah. option, right? But but this film is made in a way and written and crafted in a way that, that the there guy, is only one option. Yeah, the yeah. guy had to you know just blow everything up and and just like yeah, kill him. Be able to be willing to die. Be willing yeah. to die for you know, the rest of humanity. And like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, it reminds me of, you know, who another like take I have on these guys that are living up in Antarctica, like 
Yeah. It almost feels like they're, they used to be military, but they quit or they got discharged ah. or something like, like they have military training, but they're no longer in the military. Mm-hmm. And there's like tons of marijuana references in this movie. Um, and so like, there is this like post Vietnam soldier type that yeah, does not absolutely. trust the government. Yeah. You know, like, and I, and I think what's being done here is it's like, your distrust, your fear of everything will eventually lead to your own demise and everybody else's. And, and so like what McReady is doing and why he's toxically masculine is because he's the one that has to figure it out. You know, he doesn't know, he doesn't know for sure what (laughs) is going to happen. He doesn't know. He can't know for sure who is what or what, like why the fuck is he the guy? Why is he the one? that everybody is like, okay, you're, you're deciding. And then he takes it upon himself to be like, I'm going to blow everybody to smithereens. Yeah. If, which, I mean, if you're an alien, like, well now, now what, you know, like, so I don't know. I just, I, I, I am annoyed by McReady in this movie. I think, (laughs) I think, I mean, and, and I think it's intentional because like it is meant to highlight this, this talk, I guess I, I just, you know, there's dead horses all over about toxic masculinity on this freaking podcast, yeah. but like, like it is this toxic mindset that I am the one, I must be the one to decide what is right. And I must be the one that has the final say. Yeah. And I just don't, I, I that annoys the shit out of me. Uh, mm-hmm. a That's a hundred percent valid. If, if, if I can actually, um, yes, stand that. Um, I, I see everything you're saying, and one of the cool things that you actually did touch on is that um, Carpenter and, and Russell discussed that, yeah, that Carpenter's character was an old Vietnam vet, um, and that big-ass hat he wears is called a campaign hat. He was, <laughs> yeah, discharged and, and unable to cope with the, uh, with the, with the PTSD, essentially. Um, and so I think that there are, you know, there's a lot of ways that that, that kind of a character can be taken. But I, I, I think the way you see it is very, I think it's pretty spot on as well. Yeah, he, and- he does kind of take on the role of, well, now I got to do it. But I think at the end of the day, I'm sorry, no, but um, the movie also starts with, like I said, with the computer being pitted against him. So what does he do? <laughs> he just breaks it. He breaks and it, so, like yeah. once the once the alien kind of outsmarts him, he breaks it. That's um that's kind of how I see it. Which yes, it's a very nihilistic way to see it, and I can definitely see your point of view. I just wanted to say good job on the Vietnam vet because that was pretty spot on. And correct me if I'm wrong, Nate, but I'm pretty sure Carpenter and uh, Lancaster, when they were crafting the film, did not want McCready to be like a super likable guy. They yeah, did not, no, no, no. They yeah, did not no. want him to. They did not want to have a a stereotypical like action hero hero right right like mccready is not as clean as your typical 80s action hero might be and as like clean as like they had been up to that point so like mccready is not necessarily supposed to be a good that good of a person yeah he's he's not he's kind yeah he's kind of a he's kind of a a han solo-ish selfish guy a little bit yeah, right even more selfish than han solo i'd say but his but, i guess um, like, it's like his character arc a little bit becomes a little bit less selfish as time goes on 
Um, oh, no. Slightly. No. It's so well, self-indulgent. It's so self-indulgent. Um, it's like his, yeah. Yeah, his way. Yeah, because even when um even what's his name when uh when Nalls goes missing in the finale, which I thought he was doesn't really even go funny looking for like, him. No, yeah, he just like he's like Nalls. Oh, like, Nalls dead. Like, Boom. <laughs> the TNT thing. I thought it was so funny. I'm like, all right, you're not even gonna check. All right, sure. Well, I think that's the paranoia aspect of it. It's like he's like, okay, he's dead immediately. You know. Um, I which, thought that yeah, moment was really amazing. cool with uh, Nalls uh, because it was almost like he was like still a person and then he heard like the call of it <laughs> and that's when and that's when it, he like fully changed was like mm. or he became assimilated was like he w- it was happening but it wasn't until he was he heard the call of the creature of the, of he, the, of the like, yeah it wasn't fully assimilated yet which i, I thought feel was interesting. oh interesting okay i see you i see you um so we we touched on this a little bit and i want to go back to it is blair yeah. so blair's character oh blair is like i was I one of the scientists uh so and he there's a point in the movie where where we see that he's figured out kind of what's going on that these this thing is a basically a multicellular organism where each mm-hmm. cell is kind of literally its own being and so yeah. all it takes is one cell to infect you um that's all it takes and so yeah. highly infectious basically like most likely people are already infected around him and so he he kind of goes off the deep end and like nate was saying we don't know if he's been infected at this point if he's trying to cut them off from warning from warning the people, mainland yeah, or or if he's trying to cut them off and isolate them so so that this thing doesn't spread it's really hard to say Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know what's going on. However, most people think that Blair was probably infected while he was isolated from everybody. While after he was like put away, mm-hmm. like either Norris or Palmer went out and infected him while he was off by himself, because mm-hmm. his demeanor completely changes from when they well, first put still, him out I mean, there. That, something confused me is like the yeah. ship that's underneath the. Oh so, yeah, that's so, that so Blair. Everybody. So, yes, so this is what had happened. Yeah, take it. Blair's been out there in that cabin by himself, Mm -hmm. and at some point he was assimilated. At some point. We don't know when, but he was. And so he let himself – he, like, went through the floor to let himself out. So he's been running around the camp getting parts to build a new spaceship so he can escape. Because he's isolated and nobody's checking on him, he has, like, free reign to do whatever he wants because people just think he's – Just the timeline of it. The timeline of it is confusing because it's like how well, fast is this thing doing? Oh, yeah. it's taking da- it's da- it's like days and yeah. days. It's like several days of, of yeah. them not trusting each other and like 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 eating from cans and like staying up and like in the novel they demonstrate this a little bit better that it's like it's like several days. Yeah, if not weeks of this. It confused me because I was like, so wait, was he this thing the whole time? And he's been. So doing that's the this- whole. That's the big question of the movie because we all know when we have a, a pretty good idea that Norris was probably the first infected because mm-hmm. of like the, the silhouette of the shadow kind of matches Norris. Yeah. It matches, even though, you know, fun fact, it wasn't any of the cast members, but yeah. Right. The, right. But it definitely but the, matches the, Norris closely enough. Yeah. It, 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 what it is, it's the collar. He has that like weird, like little, like oh, up collar. I was going to say where, it's like, hair. Where, like, well that too, the big hair, 
but so well it's either palmer or norris one okay. of them is infected and then one of them mm. infects the other so that that doesn't matter mm. but now that there's two of them that are infected um and the other thing is like we see like long like tor- those torn long johns palmer has he wears long johns throughout the film yeah so and norris doesn't norris wears the sweaters mm-hmm. so like Not it seems true. like maybe true. norris was first norris infect then infected palmer or the yeah something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah this is that's anyway, where it, at one yeah, point we're trying to figure it out that's what happens at one point so one of them went out to the cabin where where blair was isolated mm-hmm. and probably infected him see i have a different take on that what do um, you think um, I think when Blair was doing the autopsy on the original dog thing, um, you know, the little pencil he has. That's true. Um, he might have like already been on the thing and he's tapping it on his lip. Um, mm-hmm. At least that's, that's how I see it because to me it makes more sense why it would be a slower assimilation. That's true. It, more like a Norris well, thing. Yeah, more like a Norris, exactly. less like a less like a Bennington. Bennington, yes, exactly. or Benning. Sorry, Benning. Okay, was Bennings, yeah, quick. Bennings. Bennings. Yeah, Bennings was, was just quick. like immediately. Like, yeah. yeah, Bennings but was I quick. Think, I Gary's like was Blair, quick. I think that each, uh, like, um, like we were saying, um, Blair when he was tapping the 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 pencil to his lip, I think it's it's got a slower assimilation process based off of how it is integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, just the same way that you get a cold or a flu, um, I think depending on how you get it can affect how it manifests physically in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there was a thing about Norris specifically that they said that he had a heart condition before he had a pacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when he has a heart attack, the thing didn't actually know he had a pacemaker. So what happened? Oh, then- wait, wait, wait. That makes no sense because they can't assimilate objects or mm-hmm. clothes. And so mm-hmm. when it took over his heart, it disconnected the pacemaker that makes sense there you go so the idea is that like in that heightened state that triggered it which then triggered his heart collapsing which then now it's in a dead decomposing body boom change tactics like you said um Mm -hmm. now instead of trying to assimilate everyone i have to get the fuck out of here they're about to like try and zap me which i don't know what's gonna do so i'm gonna take go myself go on the defense um, mm-hmm. And I think that also shows with with Palmer, because if Palmer if Palmer was a thing, but he also mm-hmm. allied himself to be tied up. So was that a plan of the thing, or again did Palmer know he was a thing, or did he not know until that very moment when the thing decided to reveal itself? How do we even know that the thing is bad? Well, that's, that's the thing see, is that there's that's well, why I compared it to nature earlier. Yeah, it's. it's there's a thing that people so like do you guys watch those like otter videos or like those like seal videos or videos of any like like wild animals and people like oh i love them so much they're so sweet and then they learn like some of the really horrible horrible things that these animals do and they're and then they immediately (laughs) are like like oh that thing is a monster it's a it's an affront to nature it's like it's just (laughs) an it's an animal it's an animal it is is yeah, simultaneously it's, it's adorable and beautiful and cold and, and violent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, instincts. Yeah. And so you're right. Like this thing, while a, a sentient being in a way, we don't know exactly how sentient it is. Yeah. Sentience. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, just, it's just acting upon its, what it was made to do it's and so, the internet the thing uh, is the internet what it's Whoa. infecting us all. metaphors and themes in our mind you know what day. i mean it, 
it's 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 an entity that has a per that was made for a purpose evolutionarily or what have you mm-hmm. um that is doing what it was designed to do yeah it, it doesn't seem like it's like honestly what do we see that it do, that it does that's so bad well as far as it, it, it besides things, well it, it it's but that's all animals yeah. do that Ants yeah, do yeah, that. yeah, in we terms of that. like subjectively bad, like no, it's kind of doing what it does. Right, it's even not, if it like do, we it think it's unsettling because it's taking us out and taking things right. that we appreciate, like dogs out. But... It's because we're the apex predators. When the apex predator has something that's well, it doesn't more apex. It doesn't do anything until it's put in a cage. It just acts oh. like a dog. It acts like a dog. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, it does. It's, but it's plotting. You know, it is. Yeah, it, it is, but. but, but I, I if I can hop on that, um, the dog is with Clark for a good couple of hours, and it's revealed Clark was never yeah. ever assimilated. Yeah, Clark wasn't assimilated, which was crazy yeah. that he hung out with that dog for hours and it never did anything. Well, I mean, even the way that the the thing is running from the Norwegians, like they just did the exact same thing that, like, we literally see what happens play out with the Norwegians play out at this camp. It's the exact mm-hmm. same. Like there's a McCready just we gotta blow it all up, you know, like like there's there's um, it's the exact same thing. So like this this wolf or this I don't want to dog this dog is like running, of course it's running. It's, yeah. it's trying to be killed, you know, and yeah. then it gets to safety and it doesn't kill anybody. It just kinda like is protected mm-hmm. by them. And then it's not until it's put into a cage that it that's very true. Yeah, that's, not, that's another thing I never actually took into consideration. Yeah, not until it's it, put into a cage. It's, it's something that I, I thought about a lot, especially coming from a, a biology background. And about like, you know, I for a long time I was going to do, you know, biology. And I took a lot of zoology classes in college too. And like, this is like what an animal does, right? It's, it's, it does what it instinctually is supposed to do and it behaves survivalistically. Mm hmm. And so, like, yeah. when you look at it like that, like, it is hard – it's really hard to see the, like, malevolence of the thing. Like, yeah. is it is it really trying to hurt anything or is it just acting upon its natural yeah. instincts? Like, is it Survive. a predator? Is it a predator um, and is it doing what a predator does? Yeah, which, which now makes me actually reconsider the ending again <laughs> um, because if, if it was just acting in self-defense – then yeah, whether or not um, uh, Childs or McCready was a thing, the fact that they're not immediately assimilating the other well, that's exactly person, like what know, what that... purpose would one of these things have to just not attack McCready right then and there? Yeah, yeah. or or Childs if you know vice versa. Yeah, if either of them was a thing, what <laughs> what benefit is it to like play the charade out at that point? Yeah, yeah, it's. It's you know it's it, you know it, all it has it, to do is it's very is similar to like it just has to poke him with a exactly, little thing yeah or and just that's spit it. in his it's mouth over. you know like right. it's over yeah yeah you know go real sexy with it whatever you want to do um, but it, it's kind of like invasion of the body snatchers like are they here because they don't have anywhere else to go or are they here because this is just what they do and they happen right. to land here you know mm-hmm. I think neither of them are the thing at the end. And which is totally reasonable. I think both of them, I think by then you're supposed to be like, oh, the thing is just the fear. Like that's the final nail 
the final nail oh, yeah. in the coffin. Oh yeah, the thing is 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 the is the inability to comprehend the thing and know if it's ever really dead or alive or near you or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also there's a lot of racial commentary <laughs> that's happening in this movie. Uh, I think about I said, the yeah. thing. I'm I'm, um, I'm happy that the black dude wasn't the first one to die. I'll, I'll give I'll give him that. Honestly, was, last two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were the last well, two. There was, some pretty, there was some pretty heavy-handed, like, overt, clearly racist things that were meant, I think, meant to be to, like, highlight, like, w- what this movie's saying about fear. Can, um, I, can I ask well, what those things were? Because I, um, I just never saw it in that light, and I would love to hear your, your perspective from that. Um, so... I think the first, the, the one that felt the most obvious was like when, um, when they're trying to figure out if the sheriff is assimilated or not, and they puts down his gun, and then <laughs> one of the black guys goes to move oh. towards the gun, and then immediately all the white guys are like, no, uh, like they're yeah. like, like, and it's very heavy-handed, like you know we're not gonna let yeah. the, like we don't trust you anyway, so. We're not gonna let the the black guy have the gun. That's you know, you know what? Yes, because I was child, and he, yeah, child steps up. McCready's like, "How about someone a little more even tempered?" I was the just gonna say, the coolest fucker the whole movie. I yeah, okay, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Okay, but, I mean, even to like go on top of that, like that's how a lot, how a lot of people viewed African Americans in their communities. Yeah, right. Like, and I think that's... an African American in your community is going to infect your community yeah. uh-huh. and i'm actually uh-huh. watching the the a league of their own series amazon series right now which just to mm-hmm. follow up on a, a episode that we did a while back that's also how they looked at homosexuality they are like mm. if there's a if there's a homosexual in our community it can spread mm. like well, it's the whole that they hell you know it's like it. it's it's sin if you will like mm-hmm. like violence or or sexual promiscuity or you know like it's a it's a fear that you are the 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 other is going to be evil right the fear that the other is going to be bad and like it, i think this movie really does highlight that with the black people especially like mm. it's it's like they're already afraid of them and then it didn't take much for them to like totally totally doubt everybody you know True. and then that's, at the very end oh, at the very end it's just i think it's in t- very intentional that it's niles and mcgreedy to have it child, over child's child's, or, child's. Or, yeah i'm sorry yeah uh, no child. there's so many fucking names yeah uh, the characters the, the original book had 37 characters they paired it, it down did. to 12 and even then it's, it's, it's a lot well i just think i think that last moment is meant to very much be uh, about racial commentary interesting okay I think, I think it's it's very much saying you know there's no way we can know if we're good or bad so we're just gonna have to wait here and find out you know like <laughs> so it, it's like it's like it's you know this movie came out right at the like what year was it again uh 82 82, 82. i mean so like the 70s have just happened you know yeah literally so it's like it's the like rights, yeah yeah so it's yeah. like we need to, you know, I know we're all, we're, you know, none of us trust each other after all this, but we just need to give it some time, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. Okay, it, it, I see, I see it. 
it just I felt like the racial overtones were pretty obvious. Okay. Um, so yeah, Seth, but, you you believe that they're both human at the end? Yeah, and it, I mean I think it's meant to be an allegory. It's meant to be like like it's whether or not the alien survived doesn't matter. It's the mistrust in the other person, and I mm-hmm. think the fact that they're black and white is very important. I think it's mm-hmm. like it's like you still have you could still have the evil even though the yeah. evil might burn up, you know? So, and really what all they I, have is each other. So like, they really need to rely on each other to survive. Right, right. But once that and trust so, is broken and once that, yeah. yeah like but that's said, like, the thing is like, the, it's, there, the, it's, yeah. the, it's that fragility of trust. Like once it's broken, it's really hard to rebuild. Yeah. You know, uh, what about you, Nate? What do you do? What is, like you said, it's impossible to know it, it yeah. unless you, unless Carpenter has said in in, in the past multiple uh, multiple things. He said yeah. different things. The first thing that a lot of people cling to is he said that at least one of them is a thing. Mm-hmm. But then later he there's a video game that came out that's a mm-hmm. sequel to the to the movie, mm-hmm. and he says the sequel is canon. And in the sequel, neither of them were things. Were thing. <laughs> so um, it's really it's really hard to know for sure. It's literally impossible. Sure. So. In your opinion, what do you think? Sure. In my in my opinion, not taking uh not taking the, the, the prequel, not taking the video game, not taking the novella, just a straight nineteen eighty two John Carpenter's classic thing. Um Yes, they did not know while they were filming who was gonna be the very uh, who who was going to be, if there was gonna be a thing in the end. Um, and uh, in, in the in the commentary uh, with 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 Russell and and uh, Carpenter, they both state that, and they couldn't figure out how they're going to end it. So Carpenter came up with the idea that they both come out. Now, throughout the film, when they knew who the thing was going to be, um, hold on, I wrote his name down. The uh, the DP, uh, what is his name? Uh, I... C- Dean Cunnings. Dean Cunnings. Cunnings. Yes. Um, uh, they would have, uh, you know, certain certain eyelight um, to show people uh, who were human. At the very end, they purposefully didn't have any eyelight um, to insinuate that either one of them could either be a thing or either one of them could not be a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's kind of the the way that I see it is that every time you watch it, there's something new that you notice or there's a different perspective that you get on it. And I think that that's the fun with the ending is that you can watch it one way and say, oh, they're both not the thing or another way and say, okay, Childs is probably not the thing because he left um, or Childs is probably the thing because he left probably to go assimilate somebody. Or you could say that McCready was a thing the whole time, um, but he didn't even really know until the very end. So I think that there's so many different ways to go about it. But I think that is the point of the ending. The ending it's one of the most ambiguous and one of the most slow burn burning endings I think out there is Literally. that it, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> um, it, it has no definitive. Yes. It has no definitive. No, it has a definitive. What is your subjective mm-hmm. view on it? And a lot of movies do that. A lot of movies have attempted to do that to sad avail. And I think this is one of those films that I think, leaves you thinking or at least me left me thinking um i need to rewatch this i need to get more clues i i want to figure out 
what happens in the end because you can't and that's kind of the fun of it it's a game every time i watch it and i think that's the fun is re-watching it over and over again i always i always come up with a different conclusion and i think that's very fun um but i think in terms of just straight theme <laughs> sorry long answer You're in right. terms of just straight theme of the very end i think i think I think it's just a beautiful horror movie. I think the the end of it, it's very hopeless. Um, everything is pitted against you and you can keep on hoping, but it may be pitted against you as well. And that's okay because that's life. Um, I think it's totally okay for a horror movie to end on such a bleak, a bleak setting, to not have a, a tidy little wrap up ending, to not have all the questions answered, especially when, especially when you know the entire film was designed so that you don't have the answers. I think still being able to go on that ride, having that fun, and come to the end with a, I do think McCready is a thing now, actually. Kind of McCready. Ooh. There's been some times where, like, we're like, because, like, I, I mean, like, it's like, like someone may, I mean, like, it, it is canonized that someone framed McCready at the at, at some point, but. There's a lot of things that McCready could have been susceptible to, including blood, including splatter. Um, he was outside in the snow for a hot second. You know, well, I guess that's or post. maybe the thing was never there at all, and just McCready was PTSD imagining it, and he's that's, the one that's killing you know, everybody. Which is also another fun way to look at it. You know, maybe McCready, you know, an unreliable narrator. Um, I. I tend to fall where thematic, especially thematically, kind of where Seth is in that I think a lot of people point to a lot of perceived evidence of that child's might be a thing. Like they're like, mm-hmm. oh, like he they some people point to the eye light thing, which is if you go through the movie, it's a little bit inconsistent. Like I know they tried yeah. to like be consistent with it's a it's inconsistent. It was always yeah, inconsistent. It's because they didn't but, always know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um and some people will point to the fact that like Childs is wearing a different coat when you see him later, and like obviously the things can't assimilate clothing. Childs, Childs is just doing the exact same thing McCready's doing. They're both, yeah, they're yeah. both, they're both being so, like the hero. Well, it's like yeah. I was saying, <laughs> the cool man. I think people, people keep trying to like. I, I went on a bunch, like uh, a bunch of like little videos, and just to see what people think. And like so many people are like, no, no, McCready is because this, 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 and like we'll point out to a bunch <laughs> of things. And I'm like, I think that's the whole point of the movie, though, is that you can always find a reason not to trust somebody. Yeah. Right. You, yeah. if you're looking for a reason not to trust somebody, yeah. you will find it. Yeah. Whether it's, it's like, right or wrong, and I and I think at the end there's two perspectives, two philosophies really, and and I think getting to your and I's conversations, Ricky, throughout these podcasts, I think it's really high. It really like is highlighted at the end of this movie is like McReady has this mindset of we're all gonna die, so we might as well just get it over with. Right, mm-hmm. where, where Niles, Niles, child, 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 child. child. I don't know why I want to call him that. Child. It's like Niles, Niles, and Child. Yeah, yeah, yeah Niles and Child yeah. put together. Yeah, Child's, um, Child still has hope. Like Child's, he's says, still fighting. He's still, fi- he's still fighting. You know, he he says something like, "Well, what are we gonna do?" You know, like like we need to, and so Child's has this positive perspective. I think that even though it. Like, I mean, really, we're all going to die, right? Like, we're all going to die. So, 
speak for yourself. So, yeah. so like, how do you live? Do you live in spite of the dying or do you just die because you know you're going to you know what I mean? do? Yeah. So it's like, it's like, I think that's the two perspectives uh, at the end is like, it's like, you can either just be like McCready and just like, be like, all right, this nihilistic and just like, we'll all let it burn. Or like, you could try to keep fighting, even though, you know, you don't know spring might be tomorrow. Like yeah. the sun might rise and the storm will be over and they'll survive because their, their thoughts. In that way is the thing, the hero, <laughs> you keep, you keep in the face of something that's just trying of... to completely tear tear you down and destroy you, you just keep finding you survive. a way to survive. I mean, kind of, yeah. I think I think that's like is that but, not I mean, nature? It's a, it's a story of survival. It's very Everyone's trying to survive. It's debatable though because like McReady's technically trying to do the same thing, yeah, sort of. But well, but I guess it's, dead, like you said, at the end it's debatable. At the end, he, yeah. he he's he's not really trying yeah. to make it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once yeah. he, yeah. Once he like, realizes, might as well. In right, right at the finale point, like the the yeah. third act point turn, he's like, "We're not making it out." Oh yeah, here, no, so we're blowing we, everything up. So we might as well just, like you said, just it's it's nihilism it versus hope. It's nihilism yeah. versus hope, and I I will say it it's not just McCready who agrees to go along with the blowing it no, up. That's true. Every everybody it's, does. It's, it's everyone. Everyone also has that same um, nihilistic approach of once the generators are cut both all Niles Gary and and McCready are McCready leaves that blow some shit up but not Niles and Gary are just like yeah like Childs is separated at that point we don't know what's going on with Childs so he's not in that like let's blow it all up group Mm -hmm. it's McCready Gary and Niles and so what yeah once once Blair and and Childs too right well no so Childs the child leave. Uh, oh, he left before that. You're right. Yeah. Right. So they got yeah. separated. Yeah, they went out to be watching to, the door. Yeah, watching the door. They went out to get kill Blair, and when, that's when they found the spaceship. And while they're away, they see Childs run after something or leave. Yeah. And then the generators yeah. cut, and so right then they know that the Blair thing has has destroyed the generator. Yeah. He wants because it or wants to, it wants to freeze. So it can so like when the rescue team comes, it can then re- rethought and start this whole process yeah. over again. So immediately, McCready's Last like, "Okay, time. this is it. We gotta we take everything out." And Childs it's, is not in that conversation. That's true. Um, and with that revelation, it's both of their last attempts: the alien true. thing to freeze and right. the humans to not let it live at all. Right. It's it's literally their both of their final um, hail marys, yep. Um, which which you know I think I think again plays well into the, into the very end narrative, which is there's not really any way, no no real happy bow for anyone. But I do I do kind of want to go watch it now and think about it from the aliens perspective. Like yeah, you can do it. You, it's a survival story. Come on, thing. <laughs> You can do it. It's an underdog story. It is an underdog story. I'm, literally, it's an underdog story. Oh, my God. But so all joking aside, it, I think we all are landing on this idea of, like, it's really hard to trust people. It's hard to trust There's anything. A, like, how do you know what anything is if yeah, – how do you know how anything you is real? You well, can't trust – you can't trust no. that this moment's happening, really. Yeah, you know? Yeah, just this moment's gone so already. It, that fear, that fear, if you allow that fear to fester, it can consume you, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, you can do that to anything, you know? Like, the, what, 
what you don't know is so infinitely more than what you know. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. so you should probably have a positive outlook about the things you don't know, or you're going to. I think it's a good message to take from it. That's that's yeah. something they didn't take from it. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it, it, it's hard to say because it depends on what you how you look at. If you look at the thing as a just a, a living creature that's trying to survive, or if you look at it as an evil, as a malicious entity, entity yeah, yeah. Because if you do, then it's like what they do is heroic, in a way. Right. In, yeah. Like, in, in a way, can't, not letting this not letting this thing get out to to destroy the world basically yeah. as we know it mm -hmm. if you look at it like that it's it's really hard to be like oh you should trust people it's like no if you trust if you trusted this this evil thing you're all yeah. dead right you're away dead. right so yeah. like it depends on <laughs> how it depends on how you you view this creature whether yeah. you think it's evil or whether you think it's just just a you know just like I said yeah, just, a, just a, a cosmic just animal creature i think right i think the cop honestly is the best character in the movie the, the um, oh oh uh gary? the director guy what's his name um gary, gary? yeah you're uh, right yeah gary because he's he like the makes, leader he makes the choice to lay down his gun mm -hmm. whereas like he also McGree, has the best line in the movie for me. get me out of the fucking whereas, tied to this whereas, fucking couch <laughs> yeah like he he put he left fate up to he put fate out of his hands. You know what I'm mm -hmm, saying? Yeah. Like he chose to give up power in order to show that he, he hoped to show that he was a, the real deal, you yeah. know, and an act of good faith. And McCready mm -hmm. is the opposite. McCready's like, no, I'm going to be the one to yeah. figure this out. You know, yeah. I'm and, taking charge. I have a dynamite. I will yeah. kill all of us right yeah. the fuck now. I'm a light. Which you know, if you think about it, that's also not going to kill the thing. If 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 you know, it's it's no. That's right. Lives, that's the whole so. thing. Is like you have to kill every single cell. Yeah. Every yeah. single cell. That is so hard to do. That's I don't even think ridiculous. you could do that with with burning the thing. No, like, which truly, is why, which is why, like in my head, McCready was is infected because there's no way that that you didn't get something at some point from one of them. You know, it's 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 knees. like you said in every single cell and you even see at one point like the blood like run away like there's yeah, like, no, yeah, like, like, blood, the the blood, like dish, yeah. run away and so like you don't know where that blood goes it could go have gone anywhere yeah it didn't have to go back to like to like, <coughs> the main body it could have gone anywhere yeah. and so that yeah this movie is that fear of of what you don't know and, and and not trusting <laughs> what you don't know. If and, you guys, whether, and I think trust is sometimes you shouldn't trust something, right? Like sometimes you shouldn't trust yeah. somebody. And yeah, so like I think this movie is like you need to be really nuanced with like your mindset. It's more about the mindset you go into something. McCready, like you said, came in with a very specific mindset mm -hmm. of and was locked in. And maybe that's why things went wrong. Had, well. had he been – and knowing his context, open. especially that he was from the Vietnam Vietnam War, those people felt very wronged, and yeah. so therefore, like, are going to be skeptical of everything after that. Yeah. Everything, know? everyone, yeah. Like, like you're, you've you've just basically been depatriotized. Like, my country was going, like, who you thought was a good thing, was not a good thing. It, mm -hmm. They did, they were in the wrong. Like, the U.S. was in the wrong. And then if, if you were of any of intelligence during that time period, you knew that, you know, 
And so like, I think that that is another kind of like highlighted example of like where McReady's headspace is and why he is such a doubter of everything, you know, like it's why it's so easy for him to have those fears are deeply instilled in him with, without this alien situation, you know? Oh yeah. I mean like he has that ridiculous, ridiculous, amazing hat for comfort, I guess. Right. (laughs) Maybe. Just, 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 just with that, with that idea, you just got, you were just saying right now, like that makes me think, like, yeah, he's still in it. He is still feeling. He's still reeling. It's just like the inverse. I mean, I said the inverse is shining, but it's also kind of the anti Top Gun. Like it's like, (laughs) it's. it's, I've never seen Top Gun. Fun fact. It's definitely like these are all military dudes who were either left or dishonorably discharged. Like they, they're. They all smoke weed. They're all drunks, you know. Like they're yeah. They've they've literally traveled to the remote, the most remote place on Earth. But yeah. they have military, like they have training that's very similar to military, and it's just very like it's kind of sad. Like it's there the people that are there. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To to bring this to uh to boil this down and to kind of like expand it Let's out it. so it kind of can can reach everybody this for i think what we're saying is this movie is about how easy it is to ruin your trust in everything fear there, festers right there yeah at any point in your life you could experience something that completely sows that seed of fear and doubt into you and that thing grows and grows and grows until it completely takes you over and you can't trust in anything you can't believe in anything you and that follows you right and it, it, that yeah. could be for like i said for vietnam vets that's a, a, a disillusionment with your with your nation with your nation with your patriotism yeah, yeah. for for other people it could be right i mean race like yeah race, yeah it could be right it could be sexual abuse it could be physical abuse it could be it could be any number of things in your in your life early on yeah. or even later in life something yeah, trauma uh, a, in general. a spouse cheating on you or you know a- anything uh, yeah any kind of rug being pulled out from under you of like you being able to trust in a system or in a person at Once some point you have to away, trust at some point you have to trust or you're going to die alone <laughs> You know? Hey, there it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, either yeah. At some point, once that, trust, once that gonna... trust is taken away, it's really hard yeah. to get back. Yeah. yeah. If you don't trust, you're gonna freeze to death in Antarctica with Kurt Russell. It's, it's more yeah, of a story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you oh, so much oh. for talking about that. Oh, you got one more thing, Nate? I I, I just want to give a quick shout out to the camera operator, Ray Stella. Um, all those shots of needles in the arm, that was all him. Real needles Ooh. in a real, real arm. Real needles in his arm? Whoa. Real needles in a real arm. And one more shout out to the pilots who did all the stunt, uh, all the stunt oh, yeah. piloting. Um, one of their names was Lawrence of Alaska. That's what they called him. And the other one was just named Nate. <laughs> so that makes me really funny or uh, makes me really happy. Last tidbit, um, that, that scene of them rappelling down the ice wall. Um, I think it was uh, um, uh, the first name. Um, 
Lawrence of, of Alaska, first off, he offered to crash the plane for money um, in case he needed it. And secondly, he was one of the motherfuckers that actually rappelled down the ice wall. It was an actual ice wall that he actually rappelled down. So I just thought that was really funny. Making movies is a trip. And um, it's, it's been such a pleasure to, to, to talk with you two about, about one of my favorite films of all time. Even, uh, yeah, even if didn't, Seth didn't enjoy it, I still appreciate it. I enjoyed it. You're, you're not, you're not, okay. you're not hearing okay. me. I'm, okay. I enjoyed the movie. It's just not a movie I would have ever picked. It's not his typical, it wouldn't have been his typical style. It's not my gotcha. typical style. Gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm happy that we were able to introduce it to you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, there's a whole side of, of the filmmaking process of the movie that we didn't even get to touch on because we yeah. were focusing more on like the thematics of this Some movie. Themes, but this yeah. movie, if you guys are interested, go and watch like the making of this movie, the documentaries about this movie, because the filmmaking process of this movie is fascinating and, and beautiful in so many different ways. So check it out cool. for sure. Check it out. Yeah. Sweet. So, I think Nate, that's... Yeah. Go ahead and uh, shout yourself out. Let people know where they can find you, uh, and what's what's. Uh, let them know what you're doing coming up soon. Sure. Yeah. Well. Yeah. My name is Nate Stevenson. Um, you can find me on Instagram at uh, uh, Lucent Turtle, or my poetry page, which is just at Grumpy Poetry. Um, I do a lot of writing. I do a lot of uh, of filmmaking. Um, do a lot of photography. Uh, currently, you can catch me at Universal Studios Hollywood. Um, playing another a, a, a semi non-human, I'm in the cast of Us for the uh, Halloween Horror Nights um, terror tram. We got we got to work with the actual choreographer from the Us movie, um, so we learned exactly how to move, um, how to walk, uh, and and it's it's a real big trip. We had our first uh, preview night last night, scared the bejesus out of a lot of people, um, and yeah, so catch me there, and probably sometime next year, I'll probably be doing another run of Little Shop, so I'll give you more information when that happens. Wonderful. Word. Guys, yeah, Word. if you're in LA, uh, head over to Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. Check out, yeah, see if you can find Nate in the US attraction. Yes. Oh, you'll be able to find me. I, uh, I have a solo, because I was so good, they pulled me from my spot, and they put me at the very end, so you cannot nice. miss me. I might, yeah, I've again. never done Halloween Horror Nights, but if you're if you're there, I might oh, have to go. Uh, you might have to. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about to. that afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Nate. Seth, go ahead and shout yourself out, buddy. Yeah, man. Yeah, you can always find me at the Birdie Word on Twitter. That's uh, the <laughs> Birdie Word, uh, all one word. Uh, you can also find me at Seth Adam Crow on Instagram, uh, and I also have a uh, podcast uh, that I do myself. Uh, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts called The Crowcast. That's two words. Uh, yeah, The Crowcast. Nice. Awesome. And I'm Ricardo Blade Diaz. You can find me at Ricardo Blade Diaz on Instagram and TikTok. You can find this show uh, on Instagram at What's It About Podcast. We post new episodes every Friday morning at 9 a.m. weekly. So you can check us out there on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and uh, I just, again, want to extend a big thank you to you both. Nate, thank you so much for coming on. We definitely yeah. are going to have to have you come on again. So start yeah, thinking dude. about what you might want to do next. Oh, it hell yeah. Awesome the thing 2011. No. <laughs> no. It's not good. You're not doing that. <laughs> I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, though. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So it is Seth's turn to pick a movie. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna pivot definitely. I've never. It's a movie I've never seen. Uh, Ricky just did a movie his mom suggested. 
uh, recently. And next week's my birthday, so I figured oh, I might as well do a, a movie of my mom suggests to get it kind of like sentimental, okay. close okay. to home. Uh, so we're going to do uh, one of my mom's favorite movies called The Big Chill. Oh, Big chill. Okay. okay. Let me pull up where people can find The Big Chill. I've also never seen that, so I would love to. Uh, I've never seen The Big Chill either. Take a crack at that one. So next week, we are going to be watching 1993's The Big Chill. If for those of you watching along at home, uh, it looks like you can catch The Big Chill to rent on YouTube, Google Play Movies, Apple TV, Amazon Prime Video, and Vudu. Uh, and if you have an HBO Max subscription, you can catch it oh. on HBO Max. Sweet. Yes. yes. HBO Max, so, sponsor us. HBO Max. <laughs> Actually, you know what? No, don't. They they're doing some stuff over there that I do I do not like as far as like they so like some people that don't know like HBO and like Discovery like merged mm-hmm. and like Discovery's like CEO is like taken over and so like he's like basically like pulling a whole bunch of content like like they discontinued the Batman the Batgirl film that was basically almost done. Oh, that's like, why that's that not happening. Oh. Uh, and uh, they they're they're terminating a bunch of like scripted content on HBO Max. HBO. No. Yeah, they're doing some they're doing some really weird stuff over there. So so HBO Max, no no thank you. All right, we'll, we'll go off of that one for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, you guys can watch along uh, there again. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you all at home for listening. We will catch you next time on the What's It About Phone podcast. Bye bye. Adios.